say. Demons dealt in my past, it's reflecting across the present. Beat the eye till I'm 20, not worry about 27. I could be like your uncle, your role model, your cousin. I just bury my dog, that two tone don't mean nothing. Hello and welcome back to Isopod, the Isolation Podcast music is courtesy this time of 4200 Corey. Um, joined today is uh, my co-host Corey Erickson, but we also have our first artist special guest on the podcast with us today. Uh, 4200 Corey is in the building. How we doing, fellas? Hey, good, good, man. It's great to You're have you, great. man. We're excited to have you. First musical guest on Isopod. Uh we hope this is mutually beneficial for uh, both of us. But uh, yeah, Corey, 4200 Corey reached out to us on Instagram a couple months ago. Yeah. And I mean, we're we're a small little podcast, little little team here. And we, we've gotten a couple messages like that. And, and most of the time I've listened and, and not taken the music super seriously. But I, I finally got around to listening just a few weeks ago, right before our last podcast, and was honestly blown away by uh, you, uh, your yeah. talent, and uh, I'm just shocked that uh, you you don't have the listens yet. So we're we're, we're gonna <laughs> do our part to to give you a little tiny bit of exposure, but uh, we're excited for this. Yeah, and I'm excited. Sure. I'm excited to be here, man. I really am, and I love what you guys do. Beautiful. We appreciate what you, you wanna- do. Sorry, Jack, you're, you're, you're starting us off? Yeah, so I guess, like, you know, we, we want to just ask you um, some general, just, like, uh, artist questions, then we're going to really dive into um, the album, um, Hold On For Dear Life. Yeah. Um, but I guess just first, right off the bat, um, just kind of introduce yourself and uh, give us a little taste of, like, your background and where you're from and, um, yeah, just, like, how you how you got started. Yeah, man, uh, well, I go by 4200 Corey which the origin of the name is uh, in Indiana, we have uh, Indianapolis specifically. We have the east side, west side, which are the most populated areas in the city, mm-hmm. you know, in specifically the northwest, northeast. But uh, I'm from out east and uh, we have a street called Post Road and the 4200 block of Post Road is where I was raised. And it's known as probably the most quote-unquote dangerous like part of the city so Mm -hmm. for me it it meant a lot that i put that next to my name in both in in an aspect of like that's where i'm from but it it also entails a lot of what i've went through and Mm -hmm. when you put it next to Corey, which is my middle name it the name Corey just has a a a more personal meaning but it it, it's a well-rounded name i think for me and it's and it's developed its own ring as time went on but yeah i'm just a 20 year old kid out of Indiana, man. I think, I think, uh, that alone speaks a lot, speaks a lot of volume to it because it's not too many people that you hear out of Indiana. So, <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah it, it means a lot for that. And I mean, I, I got into this music thing, you know, first I was writing stories, trying to make up crazy stories, you know, just to escape the reality of the world I was living in at the time. And, you know, uh, lost my pops around like, sixth grade so when i turned 12 it started to become more therapeutic for me to write mm-hmm. and eventually it became it went from writing poems to writing songs and you know stealing lyrics from your favorite rapper is like a i don't know like i probably was still like from like uh eight ball and mjg like some old rappers or something mm-hmm. and then eventually i started to become my own person and eventually got into the music really serious 
Let's and see. and how how long have you been making music, putting music out on streaming stuff like that? Uh, putting on streaming, I say since I was about fifteen, but I don't think there was any originality in in it. So like, I really don't count that as like me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, sure. I, I sort of separate the two, but like I started to really take it serious and work on my craft when I turned about 18. But when I was 15 or so, I was like making little songs and, you know, you know, at that time, people would take you serious just because you were willing to take that risk as that that young and, you know, go and get embarrassed <laughs> and probably make fun of your song. But it was enough to keep you doing it because it's like, oh, people singing my song. But yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, one of our segments on the on the podcast we usually do is um we're we're not going to get into most of the normal segments but uh we want to ask you what are you listening to this is usually a a segment that jack and i do at the start of every podcast and we we just want to give you a little softball off the bat um what's been on repeat um or or maybe maybe you want to take it a different way and and talk about your influences or something like that but what, what are you listening to Man, lately, uh, because um, when I start to try to listen to some music, I try to listen to everything that I've been able that I've missed or overlooked lately. Uh, so I'd say the James Blake album for sure. That yeah. stays on repeat. That was my album of the year last year. <laughs> I love that. Like I love that album. Uh. Uh, last year, Tyler Creator's album was great. Vince Staples, Isaiah Rashad, Maxo Cream had a great album for me. Uh, I I listened to a lot of uh, what 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 what? How do you say? Um, because now now I can't remember his name. But you ever heard the album Black Star? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's uh that's Talib Kweli and Most Def, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those I love like digging back into some old stuff. Uh, jeez, man, I've been listening to a lot lately, so it's it's been it's been it's been fun. I listen to a lot of the guys from my city too. I really try to I really try to take a deep dive and see what what's going on in the city because we have a lot of with indie specifically. We have so many different sounds because we don't really have our own exactly yet. So it's like sure. you get a lot of like influences from the detroit chicago california you got your texas swing and it's just a lot and it all sort of comes into one so you get a lot of different stuff so i listen to a lot of music from the city yeah so but, going uh, off that yeah. i i don't think we're super familiar with uh the the indian sound is is there any other artists uh you you'd want to put on from maybe mm-hmm. india or, or surrounding yeah, most areas definitely most definitely see uh with me, I have a camp that I started when I was in like <laughs> eighth grade, and uh, originally uh, we were called Also oh Different, which was OSD for short. Also oh Different, the family like that we created, which was like I was trying my best to get all the best artists and put them in a position with me because I was I realized I started to accumulate a certain like little bit of listening, and I was like, well, I don't want to have it all to myself. I'm really big on like sharing things. It's like I always say we, but um. He's like I start off with like we got a kid named three one seven dot. He's really nice and he produces really well. Uh, Ko Ko is a great singer. Um, we have people like Debo. Uh, uh, off top, I think Drama Bucks are plenty. You got people like Bido. Um, who else do I think of off top? Armeezy. Sheesh. My little brother Finball, like we got a lot of we got a lot of good like Dang. like I think 
people people overlook us because of the type of rep that Indiana gets as its own thing. But sure. but it's like they'd be quick to forget. Like we have a football team, a basketball team, you know, and like we we have people that are out of Indiana, but like Gary, Gary separates himself so far from Indy. <laughs> like it makes that's it what, its that's own. where uh, Freddie Gibbs is from, right? Yeah. Freddie, Freddie, and like Michael Jackson, you know. So it's like, oh, hey, I didn't know that. Didn't know Michael yeah. Jackson was from there too. <laughs> yeah, uh, they separate. They so separate from the rest of Indiana. Like Gary's become its own thing. So right. it's like when those people blow up, you know, they never sort of like, I'm from Indiana. They're from Gary. So yeah, it's it's, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of things going on in the city that are worthwhile. I mean, Sweet. you just turned us on to. All those names you just said, said. I mean, I could speak for myself. I haven't heard any of those guys, so I'm going to be doing a little deep dive of Indiana after this. I can tell you, man. That. I'm sure. I'm sure you won't regret it, man. We got we got some good guys out there, man. I mean, if they sound anything like you, I don't think I'll regret it at all. That's <laughs> that's that's dope. Um, I mean, I was we were going to go into you know what's the significance behind your stage name, but you kind of already already went went into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which is you know that's that's just that's an amazing backstory too. Um. One of the other questions that we wanted to shoot your way is, you know, like um, starting out rapping, you know, like um, you said that you started kind of when you were around the age of 15, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so like, what did that look like when you were, you know, 15 coming up um, rapping in Indiana? Like, did you just kind of start, you know, freestyling with friends? Like, did you, you know, do some battle rapping? Like, what was, what did that look like? Uh, Man, for me, uh, freestyling, freestyling. I mean, for me, that sort of came a little bit naturally. I, I I love freestyling. You know, I grew up in a very, like, as loose as my household could be at times. I have highlights of like music. Music has always been something that's been that's played a a big role in my life. And like hearing Kanye's like late registration a lot, uh, a lot of common, a lot of like John Legend influences, like those like soulful sort of melodies. Whenever I heard an instrumental or anything like that, it was really easy for me to get into a, a groove with it and freestyle. So freestyling definitely was where I started. But recording, oh my God, it was awful. Like uh, I, w- I used to record with the laptop. I had no mic. I would use the computer mic and I'd put in the earbuds and try to oh, wow. rap on the, yeah, <laughs> I'd rap on the beat and have, I was actually just talking to my friend about this last night. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and I would play the song and it would like, you could it, the audio would still pick up the beat through the earbuds it was just all bad but you know when you're 15 and you're like a freshman or an eighth grader you know people going to sort of take you serious because you're even willing to take that risk so looking back on it because we were just talking about how bad it used to sound but <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't came a long way that, from that <laughs> that kind of gets us into our next question uh who who did the production on on this debut album? Was that a team of different producers? Was it people you know? Was it just random Man, people sending you beats? Was, what was that like? It was a lot of producers on that. Like shout out to like um, Stoic Beats. Um, we had we had Stoic on there. We had DK Punisher on there. Uh, we had some Bailey Daniel on there, which I, I I'm really like. When it comes to producers, I like especially like a YouTube producer or something. Like if I if I go into YouTube and I buy a beat or whatever the case may be, like I really try to find the ones that are overlooked. You know, I feel like a lot of artists we're sharing the same things. 
and we get caught up in this this like whirlwind of like oh i want to you know remain relevant so i'm gonna keep doing what's hot or i'm gonna stick with the producer that's hot which you know in your own right you can do your thing which you know i can't knock it if it's working for you but for me i've always felt more comfortable with like sticking with you know a couple few producers that have a distinct sound and for this album specifically we went for this distinct sound that those artists i mean those producers had so sweet um let's get into the sort of more specific questions from the album uh i, I prepped you on this a little bit but uh the drive-by shooting scene on survive protection was one of the most chilling like intense moments on the album uh you, you said it was loosely based on a true story how mm -hmm. how did or when did, when did you decide you wanted to tell the story in your music and what was that process like and then what, what was it therapeutic in any sense to put it on wax man uh okay so so the approach for that was it was tough but the way i even came into writing the album or you know fixing to to put it out was like i spent the year in baton rouge going to community college and uh top five worst experience baton rouge is not the place you want to be <laughs> like, like i spent time out there that was exhausting and um around i'd say december of 2020 this is when we started well hold on for dear life started to become a thing for me and it, it it built up with it was a totally different thing it was like 10 tracks it was like straight like there was no real continuance uh, uh, of a sound there was those things weren't there the theme wasn't there and I, I felt that and I scrapped the whole thing and I rearranged it I decided I wanted to tell a story and, and it went out like that but you know when when I when I write records like that it's it's, it's therapeutic to just get it out because it's really hard for me to, I'll be having a lot of thoughts, like a lot of thoughts that sometimes conflict with each other. So it's like, for me to write a record like that is therapeutic in its own right, because to get it out was hard enough as is, you know? And even the action, the acting portion to, to reenact, you know, a scene that was so close to home for me, shout out 317Dot who helped me do that, man, it was... It was something, you know, and when we recorded it, we felt it. Like, you know, it was it was one of those things. Where it was just like, man, like, like, and I and I teared up a little bit too, which was crazy. Like, it was a lot of moments in that album where it was just it got really emotional for everybody in the room, and that one specifically, man, it was it was definitely therapeutic to to put on wax because it was when I wrote it. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we said this in our last episode, but like the I think the flow of this album, like with like the story driven narrative that you have throughout Hold On For Your Life is like very mm -hmm. reminiscent of like a good kid, Mad City type of format where it's like each track kind of builds off of each other. Right. Right. And, right. you know, it just it just has this flow to it that like acts as like a little novel. <laughs> um, and I mean, you paint like a very vivid picture in that track. So um, that's 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 a that's an incredible actually story. my mom's on my mom is on the second half of that on the uh protection. really yeah mm. <laughs> yeah she we, we managed to get her in there for that like i i tried to get everybody involved that's ever played a role during those times in my life so yeah that's sweet um 
something that you mentioned to us on social media was um well Corey was saying that his uh his his favorite track on the album was uh uh Mavi's piece um mm-hmm. Mavi's piece Mavi's piece um, yeah, Mavis's Mavis's piece Mavis's piece yeah. yeah um and you mentioned that that was a song that uh, that you were most proud of um on the album and why 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 was that why is that the the proudest moment that you had on the album would you say proudest moment for me uh i mean i thought of a couple of personal reasons but it's like a it's a very it's a very intimate track for me you know especially when you get to that second half you know like writing writing a record like that it felt like it felt like a vent session with myself you know and me i do a lot of rehearsing like when i write something I, I repeat it a thousand times. So when I go to the studio, I can get it in one clean take. I'm really, I'm really big on one takes. So like when I went in and, and wrote that record, I knew I had something cause it came naturally. And like there, <laughs> there's like little hidden messages like for the people that hear the songs because there's specific people that I know when they hear it, they're going to pick up on it. But I also wanted to make it interactive for, you know, a casual listener to where it's like you can listen to it and you feel it in your own right. You know, so that that record, it just I don't know, it just does a lot for me because, you know, the rest of them, the rest of them, they come and they go for me because it's like, all right, I got this emotion out and, you know, I'm on to the next. But maybe this piece, it just sticks with me, especially when I performed it. When I performed it, it had a whole new it took on a whole new meaning. Uh. Look, looking at the track list, I I immediately thought of Jay Z's uh, DOA track, uh, "Death of Auto Tune." You got yeah. a DOA track on that. There, uh, your ac- acronym was obviously different with that uh, "Dead on Arrival" hook, but yeah. I did notice you didn't use Auto Tune on the album. Was this mm-hmm. was this an intentional choice? And I guess do you have plans to experiment it with with Auto Tune in the future or not? Uh, man, it's funny you say that. Uh, nobody knows. I actually, originally on that track, we had like so much auto tune on the hook, and I hated it. Like, I, cause I think we got cut short on time for the studio, and we weren't finished editing it, and it was just like, I kept replaying it back. Like I'm at home, and you know, I try to write down my notes, so you know, next time I hop in there, I can be like, okay, we need to fix this. I had that written in caps. Like I was, like, <laughs> this gotta go. Like we can't add auto tune, and. You know, I just never been, I never been good with it. Like, you know, I feel like that's more when you're chasing a, a a melody, you know. And me, I don't think this album specifically was not so melody driven that I didn't really get to use it. And at the same time, like, I've never been big with it. My voice, I, I like the way my voice is. I like the way my voice is put onto tracks. So when people hear it, they get the exact emotion I'm feeling. I feel like auto-tune sort of separates the two. So, yeah. But I like that. I like that question because it definitely is. It is crazy. We we thought about keeping that and, and we ended up we ended up cutting it because I was like, nah, man, like this is especially for that to be one moment where it was auto tune. It just would have threw me out of whack. Like I'm really big on the like because my favorite album all the time is Pimple Butterfly. So when I think of an album and how it's supposed to sound sonically, I love the cinematic sense of it where it's like it's one whole thing and it comes full circle like that that's how that's what i was shooting for but you're not opposed to using auto-tune in the future i wouldn't say i wouldn't say so no because 
I love music, so I feel like there will be a point in time where we might throw that on, and that might be what sounds best, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, personally, my favorite track on um on the project is "Sense of Urgency." Um. <laughs> that per that that's that's my favorite. Um. And I found it interesting that this track was specifically placed right after the title track, "Hold On for Dear Life," because. Mm -hmm. To me, sense of urgency really is about trying not to lose yourself and continuing to hold on to what you know to be true. Right. You know, it's, it kind of references um, that previous track. And so um, I guess my question is, like, when was the song written to to like relative to how you're like putting together the album, you know, like, like the project? <laughs> that's funny. That's the last song I wrote. <laughs> no way. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I finished. I had thought I was finished and. I was going back listening to it and I just felt like I felt like there was just one tiny story missing. Like it just it, it felt like something needed to be put there to further to further push the narrative of what I was talking about. Cause when I say hold on for dear life, it's multiple aspects. It's like, are we holding on to something that's worthwhile? What's keeping you pushing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, you know, at the time when I started, I was nineteen. So at at nineteen you know, you get for me in my life and how we came up, it's a lot of things going on. You know, I didn't dealt with a lot of different cases. Like I didn't been face to face with CPS. I didn't been face to face with federal charges. I didn't like it's crazy. It gets crazy. So for me, I try to minimize my problems or try to find ones that seem less heavy. Mm -hmm. And at around that time, my problem was women, man. <laughs> like I was just uh, I just wasn't good with them. Like. You know, good with being emotionally available or mm. good with being, you know, consistent or, you know, just being an upright man. You know what I'm saying? So it that's what it had a lot to do with. And since the urgency was like that record for me to be like, you know, this is how I was feeling about that situation. And, you know, it's time to be honest with myself about how I felt about it. And that's mm -hmm. and, and, and it happened at the right time because it was a series of events that I feel like if that record doesn't get placed right there, it's just not even the same album. So, yeah, it's crazy that you asked that. Like, I love these questions. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more with that because, like, I just thought, like, the placement of it was so perfect. And that's crazy that that was the last track that was written because, it, like, it works so well with how you, like, put it in the track list. Yeah, yeah. That's I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. All right, I got one more question for you from the album. There's a There's a skit at the end of leave you where you stand that i liked a lot you you yeah. mimic a newscast i assume it's not real um <laughs> where you're interviewing a pastor that sort of goes off on live television about kids shooting up his church what what it, what is the story behind that skit obviously it's a sad situation but i find a lot right. of humor in the recording and how it was presented yeah uh okay start shout out when you want that's another artist you guys should check out he's actually getting ready to drop that's a secret but all right not anymore <laughs> between us three for now but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got five but, more listeners <laughs> soon. so yeah man uh shout out him because he's the one that plays that pastor and i'll play the interviewer and man we, we we just we knew that the project had a lot of material on it that was really deep and serious and when we did the listening party, um, I remember my guy DK. DK had told me like we when we were around the room after finishing the album, and I just remember how quiet it was. Like everybody had really sat there and listened. It was like this is deep, you know. And I just remember DK saying like, "Thank God you put those you know skits in there 
because it's like gives it comedic relief and yep. <laughs> yeah so it was just like it gave it a good balance and like you know on post road we it's, it's set up like my apartments that i was in was mason gardens apartments and they were right across the street from a church but right across the street from that is a chicken spot that's right across the street from a liquor store that's right across the street from <laughs> that's right across the street from the gas station so all of these things are right next to each other and when people beefing or or there's things going on you know the the chicken spot in the liquor store they don't pay no mind to that church that church does it don't Mm -hmm. matter if that church is there you know (laughs) so it's like when things are happening nobody's like oh let's stop because there's a church right there (laughs) so you know things happen and and that it's just an ode to like it's, it's like yeah we have things going on and it's like you got to pay attention to every facet of it because that church is there. But like we don't pay attention to it because we're so caught up in what we have going on. But things get caught up in the middle of our shenanigans. And that's what that's what that skit was really more about. Very cool. Thank you. Man, I, I, I appreciate that question. Like this is a, this is these are really cool questions because I get to I get the for the first time because I dropped the project earlier in the year. Um, rest easy, which was to lead up to this and. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't get the opportunity to really speak about that one, and I also don't feel like it was you know it didn't have the same amount of depth. But mm-hmm. to get to talk about this project for what it's meant to me, it's been fun. And you know sometimes you go into certain conversations and you like man, like I wonder like if they even paid attention to this or you know, and like to to talk to good music listeners, like <laughs> critical listeners is really dope. So like I really like these questions. It's really dope. It it, it it makes me feel like I got it. I can keep going because you know people are actually listening. They're trying to listen, so that means a lot. We appreciate I think that, man. Jack has one more question on the album for yeah, you. I got, I got, yeah, I got, I got one more for you. So, all right, all um, right. uh, this is uh, about "Hold My Heart." So, like to me, like when you deliver these lyrics, mm-hmm. you deliver it with so much confidence and conviction. Like it's 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 pretty contagious, honestly. Um, <laughs> I especially love the second half of the of the song with uh, you know like this this section of the song where you go like lifestyle change me young excited I'm a prophet like mm-hmm. Tom Brady we'd be cool in the pocket that's my favorite line maybe <laughs> uh, move shady so we move with a rocket like where does that conviction confidence stem from man like man uh, off rip like I'm Cobra's kid my mom my mom like we call her Cobra and she her name whole weight where we from you know what I'm saying so. You know, it's only right that I have that type of confidence, especially when, like, like I go back to saying, like, when you go through the things we go through and you, you get over it, like, you start to feel a little bit unstoppable in a sense. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you, you, you feel like it's some, it's less that can stop you at that point. Yeah. And, you know, that song in particular is funny that you, because when I be pitching songs to people, you know, the original pitch, they, they don't go for it. It's so funny. It is mm. like, but once they hear that final version, they like, oh yeah, you you was on to something. Yeah. And 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 with that song in particular, that's the one I ended up using for um the, the rollout. That was the the lead single. And man, it it was it was fun seeing the reception on that song because it was just like, it has a that's a the the energy of it, the bounce of it was was different for us because like I said we get a lot of influences in indie. So that bounce was some like California flavor. And mm. they and, and when it, mm-hmm. and when so people heard fun. it, 
Yeah, so when people heard it, it was just like, dang, like he really did his thing on that and he kept it Indiana. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't sacrifice his 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 style or for the sake of that. You know what I'm saying? He stayed within yeah. the confinements of him and made it work with that. So, yeah, man, I, I like that one a lot too. Like that, that second verse really is one of my favorites out there. That song is very overrated but i think it's because we did it as a late single but it's got some it's got some fun energy to it man that's got a that's got a different type of energy from from some of the tracks on on there in the best way yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, man i just kind of i think i think we did a good job at keeping it balanced keeping it you know i i really was i really was dead set on trying to make it so like no matter what you listen to no matter what perception you have of life you leave this album with one song at least because mm-hmm. we, we tried to keep it versatile and we tried to make it less of just a, a, a album and more of an experience. And yeah. I think we I think we sold we sold that idea. And even still, like with with what videos we have to come, because we have so much stuff still in the vault. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. But like because we really tried to plan it out like our own label. Like, you know, we tried to put up things uh, or schedule things in advance so that we knew how to you know operate with fans how to engage with this or you know get in the right position for more just more success in general so man that this album has been crazy and like to know that somebody like i said i'm a kid from indianapolis man so to know somebody in in oregon or somebody in california is is you know open up their ears to sit back and listen to the project it's crazy like my mom reminds me all the time like it's just crazy well, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, what 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 can we expect from forty two hundred Corey uh, in twenty twenty two and and going forward? Yeah, twenty twenty two, man. I say, um, if twenty twenty one was my rookie year, which I really do feel like it was, uh, man, it's 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 only up because it's been it's been crazy, it's been a amazing reception on the album, and this year I feel like to, what to expect is a lot more content. A lot more, a lot uh, people seeing me in a lot more different lights, like to to know me better because I definitely want people to understand like what this is about, what this is for, and where it stems from. Um, as far as music goes, man, I tell you guys because I like you guys. Uh, we have we have a couple like collab projects and stuff in the works, like with cool. my guys, uh, like Slum Baby Family. Like we're working with uh, people in the city to do more like. Uh, we we trying to we trying to kill a lot of the, the the beef or the 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 friction that's going on in our city. So what we are doing is like we're trying to do like indie hosted mixtapes where like I'll lead it and we'll have like my my camp SBF Slum Baby Family host it and we'll have artists from all across the city be included. Uh, there's a couple like a couple like sneaky features that I didn't I didn't got in that's supposed to be mm-hmm. coming out throughout the year. So that's. That's going to be fun, too. So <laughs> to be on the lookout yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, cool. man. I'm going to definitely be sending it to you. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, yeah. We will we, have the the album links in the in the episode description for anyone listening. Um, but is there anything else you want to promote? Uh, do you want to put your socials out there? Do you want to? You already kind of mentioned some indie artists we should check out. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, 4200 Corey everywhere, 4200 K-O-R-Y, man, um, hold on for dear life, out on every streaming platform, we got more videos coming, more love coming, shows coming to you soon, man, so I really, I really appreciate you guys, man, seriously. 
we appreciate you. This is this is one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite. So uh, this is my appreciate favorite. you taking the time, and yeah, we're we're, we're expecting big things. Uh, hopefully, this will be muni- mutually beneficial, like I said. But I'd put my money on on you to make it before us. Before us. <laughs> I ain't yeah, going man. nowhere without the people that help, man. I ain't going nowhere without the people that help me. All right. Well, we'll 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 do this round two after the sophomore LP. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Jack, you got anything else? I think that's it, man. Uh, go listen to Hold On For Dear Life, 4200 Corey, uh, all the talent in the world. Um, yeah, absolute pleasure, man. Let's do it again man. soon. Man, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. We'll see you guys next time. This ladder I've been climbing show me lost on my control. So as I reach up a bit higher, I realize I've never known. That loss is more than grief and defining what it costs. Loss is more than me and considering the flaws. See, crosses I receive if I ever let it off. That loss is part of growth when you want a better heart. Because we come from places where change way too far out our reach. (laughs) How do it feel? Losses took ain't no way to take back what we've seen. Cause we was on the brink of death After giving it our best And they'll never understand What be beating in my chest Cause it's all that I got left now After all my losses Every day is a hustle